All right, so uh, I got some kombucha, and uh, I just, I try to like this, and I don't, but I was at the store today, and I was like, I think I need to get it, um, so let's try it. Ugh! I guess you're not supposed to shake kombucha. <laughs> so I just cleaned up this kombucha. This is going. This is going well. I don't think it's a good open. <laughs> what a what a way to start a podcast that I feel uh, triggered by already. Um, okay, let's try this. I feel like it smells so bad. It smells like like vinegar and barf but it's supposed to be like good for you. So, um, okay, I'm going to try it again. This is the, uh, ginger aid synergy raw kombucha, not sponsored probably for a good reason. <clears throat> okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. I just can't deal with the smell. It smells like vinegar, and I don't like that. Okay, but it's good for you. It's good for you. All right. Mm-hmm. Gross. Hello, and welcome back to I Love You, Say It Back. You know what time it is. Say it. Say it. You know what? I love you. So say it back. The podcast. I am Jake, your host. And we are on episode three. Wow. Um, I am having so much fun recording these and producing these. It's um, very therapeutic for me. That was the whole goal is to create a podcast for myself to share with whoever wanted to listen. And if you wanted to listen, I'm glad that you're listening. I'm very thankful uh, you're hearing me talk right now. We know everyone is so busy nowadays, including myself. But it's very therapeutic for me, and I'm, I'm grateful to have... The ability uh, to live in a day of age where I can sit in front of a microphone with a camera on me (laughs) recording myself talk. What a time to be alive. Um, Yeah, but today I wanted to uh, first, oh my gosh, first, I want to plug real quick. I created an Instagram for this podcast. So if you have listened to the previous two episodes and you would like to see some snippets or want to talk to me directly and you don't already follow me um, on socials, you can look at ILY say it back dot the podcast. So it's I love you say it back. But it's ILY say it back dot the podcast on Instagram. So I'm really excited to launch that, put some visuals to my voice if you don't know what I already look like, which I'm sure a hundred percent of you already do. But I am I'm really having fun creating these episodes and little sound bites that I'm posting online. So yeah, but today's episode is going to be all about daddy issues. So um, I, I want to see if you are homosexual. Um, I love I love saying homosexual like that. Like I, I remember um, Mean Girls, the beginning where it's like, and on the third day, God created the Raymond Tim Bullet Rifle to shoot the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. Um <laughs> So every time I say homosexuals, I, I, I think of that. Uh, but if you are a homosexual, 
raise your hand if you have daddy issues. All right, if you're not a homosexual, raise your hand if you have daddy issues. <laughs> okay, uh, put those hands back on the steering wheel, please. I don't want to be responsible for anyone <laughs> crashing. Um, I've gone through too many car crashes in my day. Recently one that really fucked my life over. So if you're driving, please, please uh, don't let me distract you. But today I wanted to talk about daddy issues. Uh, it seems to be a very common theme, especially in the gay community. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's, I'm making fun of it because that's the way I deal with trauma and uncomfortable situations, but it's actually really sad. <laughs> and I, um, I feel bad for people that don't have great relationships with their dads, uh, myself included. Um, but I'm, once again, trying to be transparent in a public way that I can cathartically get through some stuff. That is my fridge, by the way. Once again, I'm in my kitchen, my 400-square-foot um, studio apartment. There's not a lot of space. I'm currently set up on my stove recording. So if you hear little weird noises, I'm sorry. Try to edit them out, but I probably won't be able to. Not that smart. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, I... I, I I've been kind of um, pondering if I should even bring this up on the podcast because it's it's very personal to me and something that I've dealt with and really continued to deal with. But you know what? I thought this is the whole reason I made this podcast, not to be anything more than I already am or be any less transparent than I already am. So here we go. Um, yeah, I don't have a really great relationship with my dad. I never really have. Um, growing up, I, I'm the oldest of two younger brothers. So there's three boys in the household and obviously that's a lot of testosterone. Uh, my mom and the dog were the only females in the house. And then I was, you know, closeted. I grew up and I didn't come out until I was 18 years old. So for the first 18 years of my life, I didn't have any, you know, grasp on who I actually was or I wasn't being authentic with who I actually was and not by choice that's just the way that we all kind of grow up and as gay people we have to come out you know even if even if you just like naturally ease into it it's like not societal norms to just expect that someone is going to like the opposite sex I I hope that that's like changing I I really hope with with the times but you know, back from 1993 to 2000 and whatever, 13, is that, yeah, 13, um, 2012, 2013, uh, it wasn't like that, um, so, anyway, I grew up in Indiana, I had two younger brothers, played sports with them, my parents put me down a league, one probably because I was not that athletic, remember I was a chubby kid, um, and then two, uh, they didn't want to, you know, transport me and my my middle brother to different practices, different times, different fields, whatever. So I was on a baseball team with them, with my my middle brother. And it was the worst experience of my whole life. Like, sorry, mom and dad, but like you you did that to yourselves and you did it to me. Um, and that's okay. I forgive you for it, but you, you fucked up. Um, it was just really bad. I was the oldest on the team. I was like probably the worst on the team too. Our coach thought he was like coaching the fucking like MLB or something. And I was like, you're just a fucking dick. Um, and so it really ruined my love for any sports 
from that from that moment on. And it was still during that moment too. I just hated going to practice. I hated. I used to pretend that I was sick so I wouldn't have to go out in the outfield. <laughs> I just liked to bat and run. I did not want to stand out in right field. Um, but anyway, I didn't have a lot to relate with my father because he was very much into my brother's playing sports. I started singing in choir, performing. Oh, that kombucha is so like coming back up. Time for another sip, I guess. Ew. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot to relate to there. Um, then I started performing, started singing, and then there was really not a lot to relate to. My mom grew up playing piano, so I started taking piano lessons, started you know creating that bond with my mom a lot more than my dad. Um, and my dad, I don't want this podcast to be like bashing my dad because he's not a bad person. Um, he never, you know, intended ill will for me or my brothers. He always did his best to support us and to just be someone that raised his kids in a safe manner, I think. But he did not give me the love that I needed or, um, I think deserved to be honest. And that's a, that's a bold statement, but, um, he never made an effort with me as a kid, uh, to show me love. When I came out, I, um, I told everyone in a very familiar way that I thought would be easy for them. Like go to like, that's how I deal with things is like, I want to make sure that you take this information. Okay. Not anything about me. Um, which was a mistake. I should have, it was about me. So I should have made it about me. But like I told my mom very privately first. Um, I told my brothers very privately in a very comfortable setting for them. I told my grandma very privately, like after church, because that's where she's most comfortable. So I thought, you know, I'm going to tell my dad while we're watching a football game, <laughs> which looking back was not the right decision. But, you know, it it really shouldn't matter when you tell someone. Like, if you're holding on to something that I, makes you you or is your identity, like, fuck that. Like, it's your information, and if people want to accept you, it doesn't matter when you say it. Like, point blank. That's That's where I'm standing. Looking back, knowing my dad, that's where I should have like been like, okay, that's probably not the best time to tell you. But at the same time, there would there was never going to be a best time. So at halftime of a football game, I told him that I was gay. And it did not go well. He did not talk to me for two months. This is also the sen- my senior year of high school. He did not talk to me for two months. Um... He told me that it was a fad, like very trendy. And ultimately, he was just hurt because he was the last to know. And I can I can empathize with that and I can hear that. But I don't think that gives you the right to treat your son the way that he treated me after I, you know, I needed I needed a dad at that point in my life more than anything. I needed someone to 
to be there to tell me it was okay to to talk about sex for God's sake. Like, I never even had the birds and the bees talk from my parents, period. Like, at all. I learned from school. Um, And I know that it's different when you're gay and not heterosexual, but, like, still, like, there was never, like, use protection, like, until it was already too late, until I already knew the information. Then those conversations would, like, start happening. But, you know... Uh, if I, I don't want to play the if game either because I think that's not fair. But in a perfect world, I think a parent, whether they know anything about what their child is going through, whether it's cancer, whether it's you know a phase of wanting to dye their hair black and be emo, or I don't even know if that's a the term that is still used today, but um, or if it's more like based on their identity, whether it's sexual identity, gender identity, whatever it may be. If the parent does not know anything about that subject that their child is going through, it is your job as a parent to figure out how to inform yourself on that issue. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to support it. But if you are a parent, a loving, true parent that wants your the best for your kids, it is your job to inform yourself on everything that that child is going through. That's my opinion. But that's not that's not also my dad. And if my dad is listening to it right now, which I, hi dad, if you are, um, I, I doubt he is. But if he is, um, you know, he he will he will probably listen to this and completely completely disagree. Um, but that was that was kind of the start of our relationship where it is today. I went to college. I fell in love with a boy. First boy I ever dated, first boy I ever had sex with, first boy I took home for Thanksgiving, first boy I loved, first time I ever fell in love, period. And my dad was very respectful of like letting me bring this person home. And I respected that and I was appreciative of that. Um, but it was just, it was still very awkward. Like that, after that moment of me coming out, it just never was the same. So, I think a year passed, or maybe like maybe six to eight months passed, and he like sat me down and he was like, "I I love you. You're my son. I you know accept you for who you are. I just want you to be happy. I just think that the way that you told me was very hurtful, and the way that you everyone kept it from me was very hurtful. Like it was all about him. And once again, it's not it's not about anyone but me. Um, shocker, I'm a Libra. Great." great heard period but no for real if if it's information like that it is it is no one else's business to tell anyone else except for the person that is is coming out and and fuck however you take it or the the environment that you're in that you want to take it because like it's not about you it's about this person and they owe you nothing honestly they owe you nothing when people come out it's because they want a community. They want to to be seen for who they actually are, to be loved for actually who they are and not pretend to be some someone they're not. And unfortunately, I believe that's a big reason why people don't come out, that they're secretive from their family because they want love from their family and they know if they come out and their parents disagree or they don't support them, then they'll lose that love. And some people can't deal with that. Unfortunately, I don't have a heart, so I don't care if you love me or not. Um, I'm joking. Um, 
it's a little heart. Um, but yeah, so, you know, fast forward through college, it's still this like up and down, like disagreement of little things here and there. And I know at the end of the day, it's just because he can't relate to me and I, and, and vice versa. I can't relate to him. I can't understand how someone would act that way or treat me the way that he treated me or, you know, just disagree on everything. But then the wonderful year of 2016 came along and our Lord and Savior Donald Trump became the President of the United States of America. And um, that was a no-go for, for anyone involved in that situation. Uh, so yeah, so there was massive, massive disagreements there. And also, a lot of that did stem from gay rights, you know, my view on women's rights, on racism, on really everything that this fucker in office was just stupid about and running his mouth had no clue what he was talking about. Um, and then that translated into my my relationship with my father, unfortunately. And I think that, you know, Donald Trump is just an idiot, <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to spend my my time and my breath on on someone that doesn't deserve that. Um, but I think the really unfortunate thing about him becoming president is he just really divided our nation so much more. And at the heart of it, that was his goal, to divide and conquer. That's how you create support, is to divide people and conquer them and and manipulate their thoughts and put out propaganda like... And unfortunately, that it affected me and my dad. It's to this day, it still affects me and my dad. I I grew up in Orlando. I grew up in Indiana, but I grew up as an adult in Orlando. I moved after college to Orlando, and that's where I really started forming my own opinion on my life, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to live, how I was going to support myself, and um. From that moment on, you know, I grew up in, in Indianapolis and then I went to school 45 minutes away from where I grew up. So I never was outside of that bubble of being on my own. So that's why I say I kind of grew up in Orlando. Um, but growing up in Orlando, uh, Pulse happened. A, a gay club in Orlando that I frequented was shot up and became, as of 2016, I believe it was 2016, yeah, 2016, 2017, um, the worst mass shooting in American history. A targeted malicious terrorist attack on gay people. Which, I don't know if it's considered a terrorist attack because it wasn't technically quote-unquote political, but it how do you how do you not say that that's not a terrorist attack because I feel like gay rights is political anyway um people are probably like no you're wrong you're wrong <laughs> anyway it was a horrible horrible thing and my dad is the type of person that w who said this and I don't know if he still believes this so I don't want to paint him to be a person that he's not currently today but when that happened it quickly became well if there was someone in the bar with a gun they could have taken this person out. And I'm like, yes, dad, that is exactly what you want is a bunch of drag queens and, and homos running around drunk with a gun. I certainly do not want that. 
But that was his opinion, and that's the, that's the way he thought. Flash to summer of 2022, this past year, actually. And, um, you know, my dad and I had never really had a great relationship. Like, it, it was just always ups and downs. We disagreed on politics every waking second of every day. And I really think that that was also an underlying fight about me being gay, you know, like whether he subconsciously was thinking that or consciously thinking that, um, and whether I was or not, like, I think the, the bigger issue was I'm, I'm gay and you don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to relate to it. And I don't know how to relate to you because you never gave me the support or the love that I needed from you as a kid. And now as an adult, um, so you know, I think that was kind of a, a mask of why we fought so much was Republican and Democrat. But flash to the summer of 2022, um, I'm in Lake Eola Park, which is like downtown Orlando for the fireworks show for 4th of July. And all of a sudden, people start running. And I'm standing there and people like, it's like this moment, an out of body experience when people start running at you, there is like this freeze frame in your brain. It's like, you know, like the moment on the Titanic in the movie, the guy, they're in the grand staircase. It's the old man with the white uh, collar or the white, uh, what it's called, like scarf around his neck. And he was like, we just want a brandy. We're going to go down with a ship. And you see everyone running and his face is just like paralyzed. That is the moment that was happening for me. And it, it, it probably was point like two seconds of that happening, but it felt like a lifetime. And immediately I was with my friends and we just started running. I said, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go, 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 run. And I knew before anyone ever said anything that it was a shooter. I knew it. Like, I felt it. I, it was a familiar feeling. Like, it just... it. Like, I'm, I have so much anxiety as an adult because of Pulse. And now because of this. I can't go to a club. I don't like being in the center. I don't like going to music festivals and being right on the, the gate. I don't like being right in the center. Like... I have so much social anxiety because of that. And I remember running down the streets of Orlando, seeing moms with their kids hiding under their cars. It, it felt like 9-11. And I was in second grade when that happened. But like I was like, this is, this is happening yet again. I remember FaceTiming my mom and saying, there's a shooter. Um, I'm running. I will call you as soon as I can. But just like when Pulse happened, like cell service went down, like the police were everywhere. Like you couldn't get a hold of people for a while. So I was like, I just want to let you know that I'm okay. I'm running to a safe destination and I want you to know that I'm okay, but I don't know when I'm going to be able to talk to you again. We meet up at my friend's place in downtown Orlando after we're done running. And we find out that it was a false alarm. I guess someone set off like a firecracker at the park right behind someone and yelled gun. And it set off this mass panic. And when I tell you like this is like like a whole city running. Like if you Google like Orlando 
4th of July uh, shooter scare on YouTube. Like, you'll see, like, it's, like, people from the balconies of their high-rises, like, watching, like, ants run, like, swarm the streets of Orlando. So it was, it was pretty traumatizing. All that to say, I'm walking home because Ubers are crazy. There's so much traffic. And I call my family and I'm like, this is so fucked up. Like the fact that, you know, these kids, that was the image that stuck in my mind is the kids hiding under the cars. Like, I was like, as kids, we, as, like, we went to the fireworks. I was like, this was like the best part of summer, you know? That was the moment, like, I was like, damn, this is fucked up that we live in a country that, you know, there are no regulation. It's easier to buy a gun without a license than it is to get a beer underage, you know? And so now I'm getting political and I'm sure people are like, oh, fuck you. Now you have to get the politics in it. But it's the truth, you know, like take care of us, <laughs> protect us. Um, I'm all about having a gun and owning guns and bearing arms. I think that's great. But let, like, let's do like mental checks. Let's actually have tests. Like we have to drive a car, you know, if you're driving a car under the influence, you get pulled over and it ruins your life. But you know, if you shoot up someone, it, it's, it, it happens all the time. So, you know, thoughts and prayers. Anyway, I am calling my family and I'm kind of ranting like that, saying how like fucked up it is. And my dad doesn't even ask if I'm okay. He's not like, where are you? What are you doing? I was FaceTiming my mom. So I didn't even realize my dad was in the room. But you know, once again, butting into the conversation, I said something about how fucked up it was that our government doesn't support us or like protect us in situations like this. And he was like, no, it's the Democrats that want to take this and like literally just went off. And I was like, you know what? It was in that moment I was walking home and I thought if I was in the club or if I was at the lake and there was a shooter and I got shot dead from a mass shooting, my dad would still vote for the people that support that. So I texted my I hung up the phone and I texted my dad and I said, don't ever talk to me again. I blocked him on all social media. I blocked his phone number. I had recently just gone through a really bad car accident. My car got totaled. I was flying back and forth between Austin and Orlando every single week, funding it myself. Not knowing how I was going to pay for this car or for the accident or for the insurance or any of it, you know. And I didn't have any support from my dad. And then that was the, that was the trigger that was like, I don't need you in my life. What have you done for me other than give me trauma and, you know, mentally hurt me. And once again, I don't want to bash my dad because he's not a bad person and he loves me very much. But just because he's my dad doesn't mean that I need to have an open pathway of communication with him. And that was my thought process. I wasn't necessarily mad at him. It was just the straw that broke my back of saying, I'm going through too much in my life right now without your support. And the only support that you want to give me is to tell me what to do or, or how to do it. And if I don't do it that way, then I'm wrong. And I can't have that. Like I need to protect my mental clarity and my mental sanity. So I said, don't talk to me. And I blocked him. Fast forward to Christmas of 2022 this year. Um, I was off for the first time in eight years. I normally work the holidays. I normally, um, I would work at Disney, you know. It was the first time in eight years that I had gone home for Christmas. I also was going to pick up my dog. So I was like really wanting to go back to, to Indiana to get my dog because my parents were watching her. 
while I was flying back and forth between Austin and Orlando. This is also before this this blocking incident happened. But it had been, what, six months since I had spoken to my dad or he had any contact with me. Like, he didn't talk to me on my birthday. I didn't talk to him. Like, nothing. Like, there was, there was zero communication. Even if he wanted to, he couldn't talk to me. And uh, so my mom, I was like, I really don't want to come back and stay at, at the house because, like, I don't want to be, you know, rude or disrespectful. Like, I blocked my dad and he owns this house. Like, I don't want... I don't want that, and I also can't deal with, like, fighting. Like, I just, I, I don't have the mental space. I'm going through a really hard time, like, very depressed, very suicidal. Like, I don't have the capacity to deal with this right now. So my mom kind of talked to my dad and made sure that it was okay and uh, that we would be on our best behavior. I was like, I will be cordial. I will say hello, but I cannot, I cannot interact i can't because anytime we interact it always leads to a disagreement and a huge fight so i come home for christmas and it's like very awkward like i give everyone a hug as soon as i walk through the door and he's the last one and he's like merry christmas it's good to see you i give him a hug he gives me a hug and we get through christmas break like the three days that i'm home very very fine like it was actually really a really wonderful wonderful time and i I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, they drove me back down to Austin, Texas, um, because that was like when all of that Southwest stuff was happening. But then also, like I had my dog, so it was it was the best decision to just drive back. I was planning on just driving back with my mom, but all of a sudden, my dad was going to drive, and I think that was maybe a way of him, you know spending more time with me. I would like to think that, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but maybe that was, that was what it was. So I was a little nervous and apprehensive about that drive. Cause I was like, oh, I was just planning on it just being me and my mom, but I appreciated my dad drove the entire way, um, drove me and my dog back and then they stayed with me and then they left and I did not unblock him. I did not, you know, refriend him on social. And I would say about probably a week ago, it is February now of 2023, and I would say about a week ago, I was laying in bed, and I just thought, I'm going to unblock him. So I unblocked him, and I didn't text him, I didn't say anything, I didn't do anything. I was just like, I'm just going to open the door. I'm not going to walk through the door, but I'm going to open it. And then we were in a group chat. <laughs> I think I, I think I was like drunk or something or under the influence or something. I don't know. I don't know what I was, I, but I like sent a picture of my dog, like cuddling. And I sent it to a group chat with me, with me, my mom and my dad. And after I sent it, I was kind of like, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, and my mom texted me and she's like, um, I appreciate you sending the picture, but I don't know if your dad like will be able to respond because he's blocked. And and that was the moment that I texted my mom and I said, I actually unblocked him. So, um, yeah, but I never, I didn't like directly call my dad and text him. It was just kind of like, that's what it was. And so then uh, a few days ago he called me and I'd been texting more pictures of the dog and I think we're on a better track now. Um, 
So yeah, that that is like the story in 30 minutes of me and my father's relationship and my daddy issues. Um, but the point of this podcast and the point of this specific episode really is for me to cathartically get through this. Um, my dad has always been a huge, I don't want to say burden, he's always been a huge like problem in my life like something that I've always held on to something that I've always wanted like love and support from and he does love me and he does support me in his way but like the way that I needed it or still need it like it's not there and I don't know if he's even capable of doing that that's why I'm in therapy you know like I I, to get through that and I think a lot of people feel the same way but I don't I don't I don't expect anything from him now, you know, and that was the whole reason I blocked him. When I was going home from Christmas, everyone was like, you just need to forgive your dad. You need to be the bigger person. You And fuck that. Like, no, I don't. I don't need to be a bigger person and I don't need to forgive someone that I that doesn't need forgiving. I, I've already forgiven you. I didn't block you because I was mad at you. I blocked you because you weren't providing me what I needed. And I think there is a huge difference between forgiveness and boundaries. Forgiving someone is for yourself. Setting a boundary is so that they don't hurt you or hurt you further. If someone hurts you, then you and you're holding, you're angry about it, you hold animosity, you're thinking about it, you're really upset about it, which is a human reaction. You have the choice to forgive them and say, okay, you know what? I've moved past this. I've, I've gotten through this and now... Now I'm going to forgive you and I want to rebuild, you know, but the boundaries are, I'm not going to let you get that close to me again or do that to me again. That is the boundary and whatever boundary that is so that that doesn't happen, it's to protect you. And so me blocking my dad wasn't me mad at him and holding this hatred or, you know, animosity. I I love my dad still to this day. I've never stopped loving him. He's my dad, but I had to set a boundary so that I could protect myself. So now that the, the communication line is opened again, it's, it's, it's opened, but it's, there's still a boundary. The boundary has just moved a little bit closer. There's not a, a huge fortress wall now. There's just a fence. So, and all I could think about was Trump and his damn wall. <laughs> So anyway, if you're going through anything with your father or really anyone in that in that that um, kind of parental or even non-parental, like if you have issues with someone, protect yourself because that's something that I I learned very hard as I was I was holding people's opinions, including my dad's, too close to heart. When at the end of the day, I just needed to to decide things for myself and protect myself. And say, you know what? This is on me. I got to do this myself. I have to get through this myself. If you're not willing to help me and you're only hurting me, whether it's consciously or not, because I don't think my dad would ever, 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 ever want to hurt me. But he has and he continues to. But I don't think he's aware of it. And so that's where that boundary came from. I'm hopeful now that uh, now that the communication line is open. It's not like we're never going to be best friends and that's okay. We're never, we're just, it's, it's not, it just isn't the way it's going to be, but at least we can be civil. And at least after going through that period of not talking, 
I think it gave me a better insight of what I wanted and how to deal with situations like that in the future. And I'm proud of it. Um, So I just urge you, if you are listening and you are going through something with someone, whether it's your dad or someone else, uh, time time does heal, but also protect yourself at the end of the day because that's all all you have. The only person that's going to help you is you. But... With that, I'm going to finish this. I don't know if I'm going to finish this. I literally have like two sips of this kombucha left. And by two sips, I mean like I'm I'm two sips in and it tastes like vomit and vinegar and like lemonade mix. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to I Love You Say It Back. The podcast. Uh, if you want to go follow me on Instagram, it is I L Y say it back dot the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff there. If you want to interact with me, I'll probably be doing polls as we get through the season talking about different things. If you have questions, comments, concerns. Um, but yeah, I am really, really enjoying this. I hope you are enjoying it too. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, This is the third episode, and it means a lot, even just you listening to this. So thank you so much. Um, Remember that there is nothing to prove. There is only something to share. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.